You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Unfortunately, because of Stage 4, uh, COVID-19 restrictions in the city of Melbourne. I'm not able to broadcast from the studios of Community Radio 3CR, where the program is normally broadcast from, to the Community Radio Network. This pro- program does go live to air. It is not pre-recorded. So uh, if there are only technical issues, so be it. Community Radio normally works on the smell of an oily rag, and having to broadcast outside the studio adds an extra layer of uh, complexity to the problem of getting uh, radical ideas across to the uh, people. If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, Anarchy Society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy in which you give all people access to society's wealth. It is based on the concept of the word anarchos, which means without rulers. So how do you create a society without rulers, you devolve power or share power and you hold wealth in common and share wealth with inequalities in power and wealth which give rulers the ability to determine the lives of billions of people. Now, my name is Joseph Toscan. I'm responsible for the commentary today as I have been for the last over the last 40 years. Talk about costly political mistakes. Costly political mistakes. It is really difficult to understand how the Victorian state government was able to pass its six months emergency uh, powers through the Legislative Council. The vote at the end of the night was 2019. 24 the emergency powers, 19 against the emergency powers. And obviously, we need to really understand what these emergency powers mean. What they basically mean is the suspension of any civil rights or civil liberties that uh, Australians think they are able to exercise. Freedom of movement, freedom of assembly, uh, freedom of speech, because I understand a number of people who are involved in... uh, a protest against the, the Stage 4 restrictions have now been charged with incitement. And I, obviously, you know my position regarding COVID-19. It's real. It's a real problem. I wear a mask. I'm a medical practitioner. I'm on the front line. 
I understand the complexity, but I also understand the importance of human rights. I cannot understand for the life of me why parties like the Reason Party, the Victorian Greens and the Victorian Animal Justice Party voted with the government for a extension of six months of emergency powers, theoretically paralysing Parliament. That's the theory. Uh, it's all very well for people with expertise like myself to make recommendations, but ultimately it's the people's representatives who make those decisions. And to allow a government an extension of six months of emergency power is ludicrous. What was wrong with extending emergency power for a month and then reviewing the situation month by month by month by month? I know this puts me in the same uh, camp as the Nationals and uh, the Liberal Party and uh, a lot of other groups, but extraordinarily, we, we need to understand the level of power which the state is able to exercise in this situation and to suspend those liberties, those civil rights, those civil liberties for six months when you could do it on a month-to-month -month basis and keep an eye on what's happening is ludicrous. And I know that the Reason Party in Victoria and the Animal Justice Party are basically appendages of the Australian Labor Party and they use their preferencing ability to basically uh, send the Greens into isolation, sorry for the pun, in the Victorian Legislative Council. There's only one Greens member currently. Previously, there were four because of the way they direct their preferences and constantly they direct their preferences to the Australian Labor Party. For the life of me, I cannot understand why the Victorian Greens have come to the decision to support the extensions of the emergency powers for six months when they could have supported it for one month. So the thing about laws is they affect each and every one of us. You may be smiling to yourself when you see those who think COVID-19 is a hoax, uh, you know, find themselves in difficulty with the police, but the issue is the same powers can be used against any organisation or individual who's involved in political action, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's uh, gay rights, whether it's uh, public housing, and the list goes on. To charge people with incitement, to charge people with incitement for organising protest is an extraordinary extension of police powers. To extend those powers for six months is ludicrous. And I think this is one of those moments. I remember when the Australian Democrats sided, I think, uh, the Liberal Party, and they lost... Uh, and they passed the goods and services tax and they lost all credibility uh, in the mind of the Australian people. And unfortunately, I think this is a major political stuff-up and a major political mistake by parties who've got progressive ideas like the Victorian Greens, the, uh, the Animal Justice Party and, and the Reason Party, for them to get sucked into the Victorian Labor Party's grab for power for the next six months is just extraordinary, quite extraordinary. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. I mean, they had the option of extending the state of emergency by one month and they decided to support the government's push to extend it by 
six months. Now, this program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. Uh, uh, the program uh, is podcast, and you can also pick it up through Instagram. Just go to PIBCIAUS. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. The day of reckoning is coming. We've been in the honeymoon phase during the COVID-19 crisis. Obviously, small businesses have borne the brunt of uh, the problem, the economic uh, meltdown. But through JobKeeper, the doubling of JobSeeker and the uh, mortgage uh, and the rent uh, kind of... Uh, been able to defer deferment of rent and mortgage payments for uh, three months is, uh, has been very beneficial. But 800,000 mortgages have been deferred across the country. I think that's almost 20%, that 800,000 mortgages. And we are already seeing banks which have been supported to the hilt by the Reserve Bank through the provision of exceptionally cheap money and now asking, they're not just extending loans, but there are some banks are refusing to extend loans and are asking people to pay arrears as well as make their normal payment. And the same situation is happening in the rental market. I've been saying for months that the deferment of payments is not what was needed. We needed a more radical approach than just the deferment of payments. And to let large corporations like the four, five major banks get away with forcing people to pay arrears and not extend the length of the loan is an extraordinary situation we find ourselves in. And if legislation isn't passed to protect renters and homeowners, as soon as possible we will find that there will be much more... Uh, there'll be much more uh, economic hardship than necessary in the community. It is just an extraordinary situation. The government thinks at the Commonwealth and the state's level that all you've got to do is defer payment. Let's not forget that when business gets back into uh, full mode, it's not going to make the profits to pay deferment over a two-year period. There are many businesses who are waiting for JobKeeper to end and then they're going to close. All you've got to do is walk around. In Melbourne, you've only got five kilometres to walk around and see what's happening to your strip shopping centre. See what's happening to businesses. See how many zombie businesses there are out there. And to ask people, who, and there are all, over 3 million people on JobSeeker, to pay arrears as far as rent is concerned, to pay arrears as far as deferred mortgage payments is concerned, to pay arrears as far as uh, rents in businesses are concerned, especially small business, is just madness. Total madness. Now, sometimes you have to laugh at this stupid of the Andrews government. Total stupidity. And I'm not talking about their COVID-19 response and their uh, grab for uh, power. But what I'm talking about is their public 
housing policy. It's just an extraordinarily stupid government. At the last state election at the end of, I think it was November 2018, or was it 2019? No, it was 2018. I mean, I was in, involved in organising a 10-day protest before the elections on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, 24 hours a day for 10 days. We were able to put enough pressure, defend and extend public housing, and public housing, everybody's business. We were able to put enough pressure on the state government for them to change their tune before the election and started using ideas regarding public housing. They promised to build 1,000 new public housing apartments and houses, which they haven't even started yet. But what I had to laugh about ludicrously was their attempts to uh, force people out of the housing blocks because they said of COVID-19 risk. They're offering people, they're not offering people new houses, they're not offering people uh, new apartments, which uh, have got bigger space. They're offering 450 families temporary accommodation in the private rental market for two years to uh, relieve the pressure uh, regarding the spread of COVID-19 in uh, public housing tenements. Could you imagine, which is going to cost them $15 million. Who in their right mind who's got... Uh, see, the thing about public housing is you've got, you've got tenancy. You can't be evicted unless you do something really bad. It's not like in private housing where it's a year-to-year -year, uh, lease in Australia and like in the majority of cases in a significant portion. It's a month-to-month -month arrangement. As far as uh, being a public housing unit or a public house, is you've got uh, security. You've got security of tenure, and that is the great thing about public housing. Not just the fact that you only have to pay 25% of your income, but the fact that you've got security of tenure. Who in their right mind would leave security, secure public housing, doesn't matter how bad it is, and move into temporary accommodation for two years in, a, in, in, in private rental, in, in a private rental arrangement, which the government is state government is subsidising. What is wrong with the people of this state of Victoria? We have the lowest public housing ratio in, in anywhere in Australia. I mean, Public housing has been wiped off the political agenda. They talk about social housing, community housing, affordable housing. This is not public housing. This is private organisations, some for profit, some not for profit, owning and managing low rent housing assisted by government subsidies. It's a little bit like the privatisation of childcare, the privatisation of old age, the private, and it goes on and on. This is the privatisation of public housing. Nothing more and nothing less. And to see this government go down that path highlights its total lack of commitment to public housing. 
to the defendant extend public housing and public housing everybody's business said for years now. The solution to the public housing crisis is very simple. What you do is you quarantine revenue that comes from land, uh, that comes from stamp duty on the uh, when you buy a new home, and it is quite significant stamp duty that you pay when you buy a new home, that this money should be quarantined for public housing. You can get rid of the public housing list in one year. You can bill or buy in the private sector. Um, you can build or buy uh, 25,000 units or homes. Within a, within a decade, you could house almost a million Victorians in public housing. Give them security of tenure. That security of tenure, 25% rent, means they can get on with their lives. More, Just as importantly, it has a ripple effect on the rest of the community. What it means is that uh, investors will flow out of the private housing market with decreasing returns. Not, not, not so many people need to rent in the private housing market if there's a strong public housing sector. Prices will fall at the lower end of the market, which will allow young people to enter the housing market. It's a win-win situation. Quarantining stamp duty revenue, which is revenue which is raised when you have to pay a tax when you buy a home, to the state government by quarantining that money, and it can range anywhere between four to six billion dollars a year. You can build up to twenty to twenty-five thousand or per spot purchase around the state homes. Why would you waste? money paying private owners rent to house public housing tenants when you use that money to buy homes in the suburbs and improve the lives of many people who find themselves in crowded uh, accommodation, especially for families, because this government has a strong policy of driving larger families out of public housing into the private rental market, because even when it actually supports community and social housing, which I don't support, it supports the building of small units to maximise profits for this organisation. So if you think the public housing debate is off the agenda, it is not off the agenda. With governments pushing people who've deferred their mortgages, sorry, with, with um, banks pushing people who've deferred their mortgages to pay the arrears, and with land uh, landowners and uh, owners of uh, investment properties pushing tenants to pay arrears as soon as possible, we will find irrespective of the state government's you know, policy of housing some homeless people in uh, hotels temporarily until the COVID crisis comes under control, we will find an increased number of people who are going to need public housing. Not affordable housing, not community housing, not social housing, but public housing. Government housing, which is government-owned, government-managed, and maintained by the government of the day. If there is one thing that this government, Labor government in Victoria has done, it has 
deserted public housing. It has embarked on a vicious campaign to privatise public housing and it calls itself a Labor government. Obviously, I think uh, those crossbenchers from the Greens, the Animal Justice Party and the Reason Party who supported the government's agenda in the Legislative Council, maybe they should have bargained a little bit harder and uh, actually got something in return for giving the government six months emergency powers instead of one month emergency power. Maybe they should have bargained a lot harder than they did because if you're going to sell your soul, you may as well get some uh, uh, 30 pieces of silver for it. You're listening to Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. You can email me at info, email me at info at anarchistage at, at anarchistage at yahoo.com at anarchistage at yahoo.com or uh, info at pipsy.net, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Facebook pages, Joseph Toscano, Toscano for the Public. Uh, defend and extend public housing, public housing, everybody's business, and the list goes on and on. Uh, just go to one of the pages, and if uh, you're interested in pub- putting public interest, the interest of the many before the interest of the few, public interest before corporate interest, Go to the public interest before corporate interest website, pipcpibci.net. And if you're disgusted with the uh, uh, stand that the uh, Victorian Animal Justice Party, uh, Victorian Greens, and the Victorian Reason Party took, well, you can always join public interest before corporate interest. Very interest, very easy. Just download the application form from pipcpibci.net pipcpibci.net and if you haven't got a uh, printer, you're not on the computer, don't despair. You can always leave a message on 0439 You can always send me a letter at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052, Post Office Box Parkville 3052. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Uh, you may uh, be a bit surprised by some of the positions we take, but our positions are guided by our basic principles, and our basic principles revolve around the concept of devolving power, not concentrating power in the hands of a few, but devolving power, sharing power in the hands of the community and sharing resources. So you can't compare us to the Liberal Party, you can't compare us to the ALP, you can't compare us to any of the other registered political parties because we've got a ball in each hand. It's about holding wealth in common, creating wealth, holding wealth in common, sharing it. It's about sharing power, not concentrating in the hands of the government through a state of emergency for another six months, coronavirus or no coronavirus. Let's move on. Now, I'm going to say a few things. I'm going to see if you can spot the difference. I mean, uh, let's have a bit of fun. Well, it's not actually a fun topic, but let's have a bit of fun. Now, let's talk about governments and powers that they can exercise, because we all know about the Chinese Communist Party and uh, the 
Trump, and we all know about uh, you know Putin, and the list goes on and on. There's not many governments or leaders you can show any respect for, but uh, a lot of people say, well, Australia's different. Now, let's look at a few things. The first thing is, um, what country has no freedom of speech but only an implied right to free speech during uh, the election period? What country jailed secretly tried a man and jailed him for 15 months secretly and continues to stop the media from revealing any details about the trial. What country has passed legislation that uh, stops people from withdrawing their labour outside a limited period during an enterprise bargaining agreement period. What country has passed legislation that allows you to be snatched off the streets and held in prison or held in isolation for 10 days so you can be questioned because you inadvertently may help the government with their investigations? And if you fail to answer questions, you can be jailed for up to seven years in a secret trial, just to make it interesting. What government has passed legislation which allows the country's chief law officer, the Attorney General, to ban any organisation he or she feels may pose, and the key word is may pose, a threat to Australia's national interests. What country stops people from leaving the country? What country stops people from returning to the country? What country... Uh, cancels people's citizenship. What country has passed legislation that allows them to detain people indefinitely in overseas locations or having the audacity to seek political asylum? What country has refused to acknowledge the horrors of the past during the colonisation process and continues to deny the original inhabitants, the First Nations people of that country, the ability to negotiate a treaty? You want me to go on? Or have you worked it out? Is it China? Is it Russia? Is it Trump's America? No, it's Australia. That's right. And you can see the amount of power which can be exercised against the individual in this country. COVID-19 or no COVID-19. Every time there's a crisis, you see more and more and more and more and more power going to the government at the central level and a state level. That's right. No, it's not China. It's 
not crush you. Obviously, they got their own pathetic, horrible laws. But we have the same pathetic, horrible laws. What country, and again, can actually seize the assets of any organisation it likes at any time? Yes, you guessed it. It's the Australian government. And what political parties have passed this legislation? Well, this legislation has been passed by both the Liberal National Coalition and the Australian Labor Party, and on many occasions by both of them. And that's why I find it extraordinary where the National Greens have fought for so long against the concentration of state power where we see the Victorian Greens acquiesce to the Labor government's demand for a six-month emergency powers when they could have done with just one month. And it was the vote, the vote was 2019, very close, very close. So why do we find ourselves in this situation? Irrespective of what we think about Trump, you know, 89 tweets at two and a quarter hours from 6, what is it, 5.45 to 8 a.m., you know, regaling his uh, political enemies, in America, whether when you compare it to Australia, there are checks and balances. There are many checks and balances on the power of the President of the United States of America. Huge number of checks and balances. We like to think there are checks and balances regarding the ability of the state of the ability of the state to arbitrarily exercise power. And what we find, the difference between good old USA and Australia is that when Australia was formed, when a federation was formed, the specific uh, decision was made to remove a possible Bill of Rights from the Australian Constitution. There is no Bill of Rights in the Australian Constitution. And if you think common law protects you, and if you think such a thing as a sovereign citizen exists in Australia, it does not. The individual has no protection from the arbitrary exercise of state power. No protection whatsoever. Constitutionally, there is nothing there to protect you. 20 years ago, the High Court of Australia was asked whether the government could indefinitely detain people who hadn't committed a crime under the Australian Constitution. And the High Court said, under the Australian Constitution, the Australian government had the power to indefinitely detain somebody whether they had committed a crime or not. What country has a constitutional arrangement which allows it to make specific legislation for different races? The Australian Parliament. Remember when the intervention occurred in Northern Territory by John Howard? It was politically advantageous at that stage. I mean, beating up uh, refugees and asylum seekers wasn't having the traction yet. So he went back to the old, the old um, sport of beating up uh, Australia's First Nations people. I mean, the intervention was... Uh, call for, they suspended the Racial Discrimination Act in order for the intervention to occur. So the list goes on and on. So we, unlike the rest of the world, have no constitutional protection. So if both houses of federal parliament decide they want to 
remove rights and liberties you think you're able to exercise, they can. You don't even have a right to a passport. You don't have the right to leave the country. And when people talk to me over the last decade about the Human Rights Charter in Victoria, it's not worth the paper it's written on. It's not even good toilet paper. <laughs> because government at any time can actually exercise extraordinary amounts of power. Now, I know I've harped on this today, but you need to harp on it because just don't think that this legislation, these emergency powers, have been there to deal with nutters, people who think COVID-19 is a hoax. These powers can be used against anybody. Ask the organisers of the Black Lives protest here in Victoria a number of months ago. All fine. Ask the people who are organising um, anti-lockdown protests have been charged with incitement. Those incitement laws can be used to charge you if you're involved in any type of protest activity during this uh, so-called, uh, not so-called, but this real state of emergency. What state requires a permit for people to travel more than five kilometres? And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Obviously, we have to make sacrifices regarding COVID-19. Obviously, as I said last week, we need the establishment of a national uh, pandemic resource centre. We need to spend money in this direction, but they're not interested in that. They're not interested in that. And all those people on the other side of the equation who, you know, who are fighting for the economy, they're not interested in people either. And that's what I keep saying to people. If you think the Liberal National Party's got the answers, they're looking, at, looking after your back. And if you think the Australian Labor Party and its appendages like the Animal Justice Party and uh, the Reason Party and to a lesser degree the Victorian Greens think they've got your back, well, think again. They don't. They don't. And they never will. Because we are the people we've been waiting for. Not them. We. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Let's move on. Yeah, it's uh, quite amazing, really. Quite amazing. Uh, I had to laugh. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Australia security agencies are some of the best resource security agencies in the world. And they have extraordinary powers. I mean, what country has legislation which can lead to uh, indefinite uh, detention if you expose, in inverted commas, uh, an operative for Asia or Asia? Uh, Australia. Mm. Yes, it goes on and on and on and on when you think about it. It goes on and on. But we've allowed it to occur because we said, ah, oh, well, you know, we're worried about the terrorists. We forgot about the terrorists in our own midst. I think a lot of people think, oh, we have a COVID-19 crisis. We do need to make uh, sacrifices. And I'm the first one to admit that we do need to make sacrifices to contain the virus. But I would like it to see uh, you know, a response which is um, thought about 
and to see a parliament give up its ability to um, look at legislation for six months and give a government emergency powers is just an extraordinary disappointment. Not that I um, think it's um, unheard of, but it is an extraordinary disappointment and we really need to think about it. Now, I had to laugh a few days ago because people were talking about Australia's lost humanity. I'm thinking, oh, Australia's lost humanity. They were talking about the fact that these Australians are stranded overseas who want to come back into Australia, but the uh, airline companies who need to make a buck are only taking business passengers. They get bumped off. And then there's all these restrictions on who can leave the country and who can come in, and the fact that uh, many people have made applications to leave the country for very, very important personal reasons have been denied the uh, right to travel. And uh, I heard commentators talk about Australia's loss of humanity. Loss of humanity. When did we have this humanity? When did we have on this humanity? Let's not forget that this was a country which was based on the violent dispossession, murder, rape of this people who had lived on this continent and the islands around this continent for over 60,000 years. And over 220 years later, we still refuse to acknowledge that history. We still refuse to negotiate a treaty. We hadn't... What humanity did we have as a people when we gave smallpox encrusted blankets to Indigenous Australians to rid them off the landscape so we could actually run some more sheep on the landscape and make a more of a bug, more of a buck? There was no humanity then. There was no humanity the way First Nations people were treated. What humanity did the country show at Federation with the introduction of the White Australia policy when Canucks, who had lived here for decades, people who had been kidnapped from South Sea Islanders to work as virtual slaves in this country's North Queensland cane fields because the work was too hard for white people, you know. What humanity do we show as a country when we deported over 20,000 people, some of who had lived here for, you know, 20, 30 years, what humanity did we show as a country as we legislated for the White Australia policy? What humanity do we show as a country when we refused entry to the wives of Afghans and Chinese who lived in this country at the turn of the century? Done. What humanity did we show to the country's First Nation people living, you know, in fringe camps on the outskirts of regional towns and, and cities in this country? Nothing. What humanity did we show when the Mabo decision was passed in 1992, which acknowledged 
Australian that First Nations people had rights to land in this country. None. What humanity have we shown to the tens of thousands of working people who have been involved in strikes and occupations over the years to improve the conditions which we now enjoy? What humanity was shown to them when they were jailed, marginalised, belittled, blacklisted? None. What humanity has been shown to return servicemen and women who fought in World War I and World War II and, Australia, and Australia's other military adventures in, in our region when they returned back from service with major physical and psychological issues? When the Agent Orange Royal Commission, which was conducted oh, years ago, said there was no evidence that Agent Orange caused any problems among returned servicemen and women and their children and families, while 50 years later we still see tens of thousands of children born with abnormalities in Vietnam and many children here in this country still you know, uh, have the stigmata of Agent Orange. What humanity did we show to them now and then? None. And what humanity have we shown to asylum seekers and refugees over the last two decades, especially over the last decade, forcing recognised bona fide refugees to live outside the country with no hope? What humanity have we shown as a people? What humanity did we show to those tens of thousands of children who were sexually exploited by religious organisations and other organisations in this country? None. What humanity did we show to single mothers whose children were, you know, torn away from them in the 60s and 70s? None. What humanity did we show to the stolen generation? None. And the list goes on and on. I could go on and on to think that we are capable of humanity as a nation, not individually. Individually, we are capable of humanity, but as a nation that we can legislate to right the wrongs of the past is ludicrous because ultimately we have as much rights in this country as a slave. We have no Bill of Rights. No matter what you think of Trump's America, there's enough checks and balances to keep Mr Trump, who's obviously melting down as the election comes closer and closer, in check. We don't have those checks and balances in this country. We have no constitutional rights to freedom of speech. We have no constitutional rights to freedom of assembly. We have no constitutional rights against the arbitrary exercise of state power. We don't have any of these rights. You don't even have the constitutional right of moving more than five kilometres from your home as you live in the Melbourne metropolitan region. And we see parliaments extending a state of emergency for six months 
when they could have extended it for a month and then reviewed it in a month's time to see whether a state of emergency was required. Because ultimately, when legislation is passed, it affects each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. The good, the bad, the indifferent. It affects everybody. So think about it. Isn't it time we show to be the compassion and humanity? Not the packaged compassion and humanity which comes from philanthropy when you're basically trying to uh, not pay your fair share of tax, but a compassion and humanity which comes from our ability to acknowledge the past, understand the present and change the future. You're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting this program and I have for many decades. I encourage you, if you've had enough, you've got a trust deficit, you can't stand what's happening in the world today, especially in Australia, because not much I can do and you can do about what's happening in the rest of the world, but at least we can have some impact on what's happening in this country. I encourage you to look at the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website, pipcibci.net, pipcibci.net. Download the application form and join the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest so we can actually register a federal political party and possibly as a state party later on in order to try to change the debate and maybe, and maybe introduce a little bit of humanity into the Australian dream or is it the Australian nightmare for most, dream for some? You listen to the Anarchist World this week. As I said before, uh, there's a number of sites you can go to if you're um, that way inclined. You can go to YouTube, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests, a YouTube channel having a bit of trouble putting up our latest YouTube, but hopefully we'll be able to sort that out. There's many, many YouTubes, so there's many more segments out there, about 80 or 90 you can look at where I look at different... Uh, issues that are important at different times. Twitter, uh, you can go to Twitter, Public Interest for Corporate Interests. You can go to Instagram, uh, PIBCIAUS, Facebook pages, Joseph Toscano, Toscano for the Public, Defend and Extend Public Housing, Public Housing, Everybody's Business, Peter Norman Commemoration, the list goes on and on. Plenty of Facebook pages if you're that way inclined. You can always uh, leave messages on 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489. You can always write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. We don't ask for your money. We ask for much more than your money. We ask for your commitment. We ask you not to get depressed by all this. We ask you to fight back. That's what we ask for here on the Anarchist World this week because... We do have a capacity to create that new world in our hearts and we are the only ones who have the capacity to create that new world in our hearts. And if you leave it up to your religious leaders, your secular leaders, your celebrities, you'll never see that new world in your heart become a, a reality. All right, let's move on. Now, people say, Joe, why are you... So cynical. Well, I'm not cynical. I'm actually a beacon of hope. 
if I was cynical, I wouldn't be here wasting my time talking to you. You know, it's a little bit difficult trying to organise a program, a live program, week after week after week, trying to analyse what's going on. Why would I bother if I was cynical? I am a beacon of hope. As I keep saying, hope is the love child of desire and expectation. The desire for change and the expectation that change will occur. If I didn't believe that this was possible, if I didn't believe that people listening to this program had the capacity or the will to actually change things in a positive dimension, I wouldn't be wasting my time broadcasting. I'd be growing more vegetables or working a bit harder as a doctor. Who knows? I wouldn't be wasting my time broadcasting. But I think it's important that we call out what we see and when we see it. And if there is hypocrisy, it needs to be called out. And if there's one country which wallows in hypocrisy, it's Australia. Not as individuals. When you talk to people one-to-one, you find that most people are quite reasonable. But when you look at the political, cultural institutions we have created for ourselves since Invasion Day on the 26th of January, was it... um, 1788, you can understand why we are who we are and why we refuse to acknowledge the past and why we continue to put our faith in transnational corporations. I mean, can you believe it? 25 million people. I know I say this every week, but I love saying this every week because it's so true. 25 million 25 million people living on a resource-rich continent. We have 700,000 children living in poverty. 25 million people living on a resource-rich continent. We can't even have public housing for everybody. 25 million people living on a resource-rich continent and we see the debacle that has has occurred in aged care facilities across this country. If there's one thing that COVID-19 has done, it's shown us how inadequate aged care is in this country. 25 million people living on a continent, resource-rich continent, and we have a few billionaires enjoying the wealth created through the exploitation of our resources. We've got to such a ridiculous situation where we've sold so much cheap gas offshore there's no gas left to be bought at a reasonable price in Australia, especially on the East Coast. Extraordinary. I mean, these resources are in the land. They are the resource of the First Nations people. They are our resources together. They are our resources. Why should they be exploited by private corporations who then invest things overseas, their profits overseas. And if you think we're not involved in an investment strike currently, think again. For the first time since 1970, Australian companies are investing more money overseas than they are investing in this country. If that is an investment strike, I don't know what an investment strike is. And talking about uh, humanity and legislation and freedom. What country has legislation which can jail somebody for up to 25 years for being involved in a peaceful occupation? 
what country is legislation which sees somebody carted off to jail and have to appear in court for putting, sticking a piece of paper on a monument to some, you know, some uh, invader in this country? It just goes on and on and on and on. And we've allowed it to occur because we've let the experts and we've let the politicians and we've let the bureaucrats gain more and more power constantly. We've allowed this to occur. And for many, in many ways, we are responsible for the type of society we have created because we've gone for the big dream of having the big house, the big car, the big career, and forgotten about the people around us. We've forgotten that we are part of a community. If there's one thing COVID-19 highlights is we are part of a community. We may not be in this altogether because some segments of society, the poorer sections, are suffering more than the uh, richer sections, but we are all part of a community and to contain COVID-19, we need a community effort. Not an effort where we bludgeon people into submission through emergency power, but efforts where we collectively uh, attempt to uh, uh, deal with these situations. Look, you've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Uh, normally I broadcast from the studios of Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne because of the uh, Stage 4 lockdowns in the Melbourne metropolitan region. I cannot uh, broadcast from the studios. I'm uh, pretty confident the quality isn't as up to uh, the normal standard, but uh, Community Radio normally broadcasts from the smell of an oil rag, and it's extraordinary that so many community radio stations across the country have continued to broadcast. They've had staff and volunteers have kept these radio stations broadcasting alternative and different ideas to you, ideas you don't see in the government guild at ABC or the corporate-dominated, privately-owned media. If you, After more information, go to the YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Instagram, Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I-A-U-S. You can go to the pipsy.net website, P-I-B-C-I.net, don't worry about Facebook saying we're a, a terrible organisation. It's a great, it's a badge of honour to actually be banned by Facebook, but that's another story which I'll talk about another day. Phone number 0439 395 489. 0439, 0439 395 489. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Send emails to anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org, Facebook page, Joseph Toscano, and the list goes on and on. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program has come to you from Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne. Listen in to the Anarchist World next week. Sorcerer of death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else Anarchist World this week Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse 10am every Wednesday Listen to the Anarchist World this week For an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events
wash my hands. Oh, Lord, yeah. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.